0: an official warning you have no rights and there is no law ninth circuit court of appeals rules on state-sponsored child trafficking case now the state took a child away from the legally married biological parents at a secret unnoticed court hearing that the parents didn't even know was happening Well, uh, hello, world. I am Alexander Baker, but today I am Angry Xander Baker, legal expert. It is February 25, 2024. Today on Freedom Enough number 59, the Ninth Circuit Star Chamber Child Trafficking Case. Yes, behind me, (laughs) we come to you live from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. All right, what was the Star Chamber? The Star Chamber was the medieval court system that was conducted in secret and where there was simply no justice. You had to accept your fate as decided by the judge. And of course, the judge was in service of the king. Supposedly, we all realized that allowing judges to hold hearings in secret and decide cases was bad okay having the star chamber didn't just lead to tyranny and oppression it was the very definition of tyranny and oppression supposedly we got past all that with the guarantee of the right to a jury trial you know that that little thing that's in the constitution And this is where juries decide cases, and the judge is only supposed to ensure that a fair and orderly proceeding is taking place. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! You don't have any such rights. If you are a parent and the state wants to take your child away from you, according to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals now, you don't even have the right to be put on notice that a court hearing is taking place. Did you hear me? You don't even have the right to be put on notice that a hearing is taking place. Today, I'm going to play a video of the brutal, appalling, shocking performance and I do mean performance that took place in the Ninth Circuit 10 days ago on February 15, 2024, in the appeal of the Augustus case. Folks, you will see and hear a felony crime taking place, that of child trafficking and extortion racketeering and the cover-up of that crime. I'll break down how the attorney in the case Uh, And let's see if I can get these pictures up on the screen. Uh, The attorney in the case, G. Scott Sobel, allowed these Ninth Circuit judges Richard Tallman, Sandra Ikuta, and John B. Owens to perpetrate the final cover-up of the felony child trafficking operation by purposely disregarding the law. Let me make a clear disclaimer right now. Yes, I am going to accuse these folks that you see behind me right now of felonies. And I am a legal expert. I hold a Juris Doctorate. And I do know about the definition of crime and legal proceedings. But I want to be very clear. These are my opinions and my opinions alone. Uh, Nobody else will be held uh, responsible for what I'm going to say during this podcast. Okay, These are my views, and especially Speak Free Radio and any of the people who own or publish Speak Free Radio, they are not responsible for what I'm about to say. Nobody else is. I take 100% responsibility for what I'm going to say in this podcast. I just hope that's clear. All right, so... Last week's ruling in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the dismissal of a federal civil rights lawsuit brought by Los Angeles married couple Mark and Donicia Augustus, where their daughter, Sasha, was taken away from them by order of the Superior Court uh, in Los Angeles by a judge named Gus T. May at a secret, unnoticed hearing. Now, immediately... If you know anything about the Constitution, you understand that this is a blatantly illegal and unconstitutional event, okay? There is a constitutional right, first of all, to family unity, okay? And before they take any of your rights away from you, there is a constitutional right to what's called due process, okay? That's in the Fifth Amendment, it's in the Fourteenth Amendment, And due process means that, uh, well, it means a number of things, but fundamentally, it is a right to notice, okay? Notice is a notification that a court hearing is about to take place, all right? And in this case, it was a court hearing in which the fundamental right to family unity and the right to be a parent was at issue, all right? Now, uh, before I get into this, there's one other point of law that I want to explain and for you to keep in mind as we go through this, and that has to do with a motion to dismiss. Now, in a civil case, which this was, is a civil rights lawsuit in federal court, but in any kind of a civil case, the plaintiffs bring a complaint, and then the defendants at the very beginning I have a, the opportunity to bring what's called a motion to dismiss the case. This is really before the case even gets started. Um, and this is true in both state court and federal court. You can bring a motion to dismiss. And the defendants have to show as a pure matter of law that this lawsuit is is no good, that it's frivolous and it, the lawsuit itself has no merit And here's what's key to keep in mind. At the stage of a motion to dismiss, the judge is required, absolutely required, to assume that every fact that is alleged in the complaint is true. It is not the time to weigh the evidence or for the court to consider the evidence in any way, shape, or form. The judge is legally required to assume as true every single factual allegation in the complaint. Then they're supposed to say, okay, if we assume all that is true, does this fail as a matter of law? Okay? That's the, the, the basis that they can dismiss a complaint before the case even gets started. They have to assume that all the facts are true. And I, I just want to emphasize that this is not some obscure point of law or something. It's the opposite of that. Okay? The the basis and the, the rules in a motion to dismiss in either state court or federal court are it's litigation 101. Okay, it's litigation 101. Every single lawyer and every single judge knows that this is how a motion to dismiss is supposed to work, okay? They have to assume every fact is true, that that, that, that the plaintiff alleges, okay? All right, so before we actually get into this, this Ninth Circuit, the, the video from the Ninth Circuit hearing, the appeal uh, oral argument that took place, um, we're gonna uh, let me just give you the background on the case um, itself. So um, I've posted several articles uh, about this case in the past on uh, on my site, which is Postmodern Justice Media Project at um, pmjmp.org. Um, and you can there's a search function. you can search for Augustus and you can find out several things. Here's an article. That was published um, uh, over a year ago, October of 2022. And uh, I titled this, Trafficking a Child at a Secret Hearing. And uh, let's uh, just read a little bit about this on the background. And there you see a picture. That's Donicia Augustus. Los Angeles couple Donicia and Mark Augustus are the legally married, kind and loving biological parents of a daughter named Sasha, born in 03. Now she's an adult, but at the relevant time, she was 15 years old, okay? Uh, And it, it tells a little bit about the background of how her aunt, this is Donicia's sister right here, Shanta Montgomery, um wanted to take custody of Sasha. and The first thing I want to, another thing I want to point out is that in a lot of these custody cases, you're talking about divorced parents. Um, the father and the mother each want custody, and so they're fighting it out in court over custody. But that's different because... Both of them, in a, in a divorce, both of the parents are parents, right? They each have parental rights. So there's at least some excuse why we need a court to, to decide that. Not so here. This Shanta Montgomery, as yes, she's the aunt, but she has zero parental rights. Okay? Zero. None. None whatsoever. Okay? She has to prove, supposedly, that... These are unfit parents. And then maybe she can get a guardianship. So next thing you know, I'm reading again from my uh, article of a year and a half ago. October 2018, Shanta files a petition for temporary guardianship of Sasha. And the one and only reason for the guardianship was this years-old allegation against her father, Mark, which had already been investigated by LAPD, and a new investigation was was commenced by DCFS, right, or CPS, it's called in a lot of places, uh, by Shanta Montgomery, okay? The allegation was something like inappropriate touching, all right? So in 2018, Shanta appeared before Gus T. May for a hearing on her petition for guardianship. At the hearing, Judge May inquired about two things, two crucial things. One, whether Donicia and Mark had been served notice, and they had not. And number two, whether the DCFS investigation had been completed, it had not. So, Shanta asked Judge May for some clarification. And this hearing was, yeah, in November, I said that. Okay, so she asks, Shanta asks for clarification. Shanta says, I'm quoting from the transcript, by the way. Okay, so there's no temporary guardianship. Can she be with her parents? And Judge May says, correct. Until we get the uh, DCFS report, yes. Okay, and we included that in the complaint. And when I say we, let me explain a little bit. Um, this entire case I wrote. Okay. So I, in my, my day job these days is I research and draft litigation. So I I mean, I call myself a litigation paralegal, but now some paralegals, uh, do things like make coffee, answer the phone and, uh, fill out the occasional court form. Uh, not me. Uh, I full-on research and draft litigation papers in both state and federal court at both the trial court and appeal court and Supreme Court levels. Um, and so this case was supervised by an attorney named G. Scott Sobel. Um, okay, so yeah, this, this case is my baby. I, I brought this to Scott Sobel. And uh, I wrote all, not only the complaint, but uh, handled all of the, the briefing on the, on the motion to dismiss. There were several defendants. Uh, I did all of that, and then ultimately I handled the briefing in the appeal matter, wrote the opening brief and the, the, the reply brief to all that. Um, so, this is, this is very much my baby. Uh, part of why I'm kind of angry, because no part of this it is right on the law. Or another way to say the same thing is, there is no law, and you have no rights. Okay, that's what this case really stands for. So, yeah, they're at this November of 2018 hearing, and yeah, have, have the Augustus has been served? No. Is the DCFS uh, report done, right, where they're investigating whether Mark Augustus, you know, whether there's any foundation to these uh, ancient, ancient allegations that he had engaged in some kind of inappropriate touching? Nope, the report's not done yet, right? So then uh, on December 6th, and by the way, the judge indicated he would not issue any ruling on this guardianship without the DCFS report being complete and without Donicia and Mark being served, right? That makes sense, right? That totally makes sense. And it also shows you that these guys know the law, okay? That's gonna play into it. They know the damn law, okay? Then on December 6th, 2018, five days before this hearing was to come up, Uh, DCFS completed its investigation once again, clearing Mark Augustus of the one vague allegation against him. Since that one allegation was the only basis for Shanta's petition of temporary guardianship, one would think the whole thing would be resolved. Well, think again. That's where this guy comes into it. This guy on the screen right now is one William Spiller. I'll say a little bit about him in a minute. So on uh, December 11, 2018, the hearing on temporary guardianship of Sasha went forward. Present was Shanta, uh, representing herself, and also the newly appointed Miner's Counsel, William Spiller, Jr. Yep, that's him. Uh, And by the way, Miner's Counsel is paid for by County of Los Angeles. Now, exactly how Spiller got appointed um, is unknown, but let me just go on here. So, on December 11, 2018, Spiller and Shanta come before Judge May, and the very first thing Spiller says is that the 15-year-old Sasha has waived her appearance. Now, one would think that a 15-year-old girl who's bold enough to want to ditch her parents is bold enough to show up in court, but no, Spiller will do all the talking, thank you very much. Spiller proceeds to defraud the court in ways that should shock your conscience. First, Donicia and Mark had not been served notice of the hearing. Not to worry, Spiller's prepared with a bullshit story about that. Second, Spiller did not present the DCFS report exonerating Mark Augustus. (laughs) Right? Okay, he's been cleared of the allegation, but we're just going to conceal that from the court. All right, so Judge May begins this uh, hearing uh, saying, I haven't received any of the things I need to decide the case today. That is the DCFS report and a proof of service. Um, Now, if law existed, or if the Bill of Rights protected anyone, that would have been the end of the December 11, 2018 hearing. But instead, Judge May allowed the hearing to go forward. And what a shit show it was. In accordance with what I... Alexander Baker, reasonably infer to be LA County's policy and custom, Mr. Spiller proceeded to falsely state that Donicia and Mark Augustus had been homeless, which is completely false. They'd never been homeless or anything close. That Mark Augustus was on the lam and avoiding the proceedings, completely false. He simply hadn't been served notice and that efforts had been made to notify Donicia and Mark Augustus. That's completely false and also nonsensical, for Sasha's parents had no reason to avoid the hearing knowing that the DCFS had just cleared Mark Augustus, again, of the one vague allegation against him. All right, so at this December 11 guardianship hearing when Judge May inquired about the status of the DCFS report and of Mr. Spiller's own report, which naturally would contain the DCFS findings, Mr. Spiller stated, and I'm quoting from the transcript, uh, William Spiller Jr. says, Yeah, let me apologize to the court. Uh, We finished our report and filed it, uh, I think. Yesterday, because we were, uh, well, uh, let me back up. (laughs) Uh, Okay, the normally extremely smooth and well-spoken Mr. Spiller was quite discombobulated, likely because he knew he was lying to the court. In fact, by December 11 of 2018, all parties had received a copy of the DCFS report exonerating Mark Augustus. And Mr. Spiller had completed his report, which included mention that Mark Augustus had been exonerated. But Mr. Spiller did not file his report until several days after the December 11, 2018 secret Star Chamber hearing at which the temporary guardianship was fraudulently obtained. Okay, so uh, this is the underlying problem. This is the underlying problem around here. And that's how they took the child away from this mom and her husband in, in 2018. So that's absolutely grounds for a civil rights case. In fact, the Ninth Circuit, in a case called Benavidez, has said in no uncertain terms that judicial deception is grounds for a civil rights case in judicial deception in any case involving child custody okay so this is a perfect fit for a a benavidez case right so it's, it's an absolutely perfect fit so we filed this lawsuit and the long story short um is that Well, the federal case against William Spiller in L.A. County was dismissed in a blatantly corrupt ruling. So let's just talk a little bit about this. Uh, The motions to dismiss were pending for 16 months, and then the dismissal order occurs just hours after discovery demands were served on the defendants. Was this a coincidence? No, I don't think so. So, uh, again, you can find a lot more detail if you want to do it. But here's a very interesting item. What also happened at that December 11, 2018 hearing where where the state took the kid away from the parents at the secret hearing, the Star Chamber, here's a little snip from the court form that the judge filled out and signed. The court finds that notice... Of the time and place of hearing has been dispensed with for names Mark Augustus' father and Donicia Augustus' mother, oh, for this hearing only. Okay, now, so it turns out that there is a law, a statute called Probate Code Section 2250E1, and this law says it's okay to dispense with the notice requirements. Okay, all. Judge Gusty May had to do was check off a box on the court form. Okay, so in addition, uh here is the first amended complaint that we had in this matter uh that I wrote and that I'm uh, quite proud of. In fact, it's, uh, I'm so proud of it because it was so strong and so good they had to blow it up. Right is what it boils down to. Um, and the the. The crimes against humanity that were perpetrated by these individuals are so obvious and they're made so obvious in this complaint uh, that, uh, yeah, they just, they can't let the truth come out on this one. It's just too obvious that the government, this is the federal government, you know, funding every single county in the United States, all 3,000 odd counties. With billions and tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in incentive, to snatch children by whatever means, and to pay the miners' counsels, right? Like, uh, like this guy, this William Spiller character, who makes over one million dollars a year. Doing what? Well, he gets appointed. To represent the child so that he can speak for the child. And so the child just has to waive their right to come and say anything in court, right? And, of course, you, you have to have an excuse to appoint this creep. And, by the way, this creep, William Spiller Jr., uh, a, a few years ago, He wasn't a minor's counsel. No, his job then was he was like a medical malpractice plaintiff's attorney, and he was bringing malpractice cases, and he was losing those cases on purpose. And it was so blatant that he actually got suspended and disciplined by the California Bar Association, which, folks, if you don't know of the kind of stuff that they let lawyers get away with, Right? When you learn that William Spiller was actually suspended and disciplined by CowBar, <laughs> it had to be really bad. All right? That's all I'm telling you. It had to be really, really bad. So we brought this complaint. It gets dismissed, um, and it got dismissed on the wrong legal standard. Okay, so I told you a minute ago, and I need to repeat because this is going to be really important as we start to listen to this oral argument. It got dismissed on the wrong legal standard. So the legal standard on a motion to dismiss is the court must assume as true every fact that the plaintiff alleges, okay? So just just and they dismissed it on a different legal standard. They applied the legal standard from and cited the case law from a summary judgment. Now, summary judgment is a different animal, okay? And a summary judgment comes after discovery. It comes basically right before trial, okay, which we never got anywhere close to that. And then at a summary judgment, they can ask, okay, what evidence has been um, obtained in discovery and is there enough evidence to really go to trial here? And if there's not enough uh, admissible evidence, they can dismiss your case on a summary judgment. Now, I have real problems with summary judgments also, but that's another whole can of worms, okay? This was a motion to dismiss, legally required to uh, assume every fact as true, and decide the matter purely as a matter of law, okay? So let's just dive into this and have a little listen uh, to, uh, to G. Scott Sobel. There he goes. Good morning. If
1: it please your and Mark Augustus are the legally married biological parents of Sasha, who was with 15 when the respondent Montgomery brought a petition for temporary guardianship, eventually set for hearing on December 11, 2018. It is undisputed that neither appellant was ever served notice of the guardianship hearing of December 11.
0: Okay, so far so good. And I'll point out that, um, so I wrote this oral argument, or I started to, I wrote a version And emails were going back and forth, and there were edits being made, and uh, I'll maybe have a little bit more to to say about that. But for sure, in my notes to Scott Sobel uh, was a, a, a big headline mention of, they dismissed this on the wrong legal standard, okay? They have to assume every fact is true.
1: There was never any proof of service. Section 2250 E-1 of the California Probate Code makes it illegal, makes it legal to dispense with the notice requirement for good cause. The notice checkbox on the form does not require any explanation for the good cause necessary, and none was noted. Council, what what do we do with the representation that I believe it was Ms. Montgomery made to the Superior Court? that
0: she had actually notified the parents okay so here is the judge interrupting which they they do that and he's saying what do we do with montgomery who said at that hearing um oh yeah no I, i i notified him they knew about the hearing well i've just explained it to you this is a factual dispute Okay, and it's, it's not true. There was no proof of service on file. But she wants to say, no, but I, I told him. I, I, I notified him. Okay, that's a factual dispute. This is not a legal dispute. It's a fact. Whether she served him or not is a factual dispute. Scott Sobel knows this. But what does he do? And that is in the
1: record, is it not? That is in the record. We take that in context of the remainder of the case. And I will address it, if I may. Well. I guess my question for you is, what countervailing evidence is there? I didn't see a declaration from the natural parents that they didn't know. So do we just have your word for the fact that they, they didn't have notice of the
0: hearing? No, Your Honor.
1: We take it in the context of the lies and deception.
0: Okay, the lies and deception are on Scott Sobel. Okay, first, two, two things. Number one. They need to assume the facts in our favor, in Donicia and Mark's favor, okay? Regardless of whether there's a declaration on file. But number two, there is a declaration on file. In fact, the complaint is a verified complaint. Let's see if uh, if we can pull it up. Here it is, a, a verified first amended complaint for civil rights violations, damages, and injunctions, and a declaratory judgment, it's a verified complaint. What does verified mean? I don't know, maybe I can scroll down to the bottom, but it means that both Donicia and Mark Augustus signed this under penalty of perjury. Okay? It is a declaration. And Scott Sobel knows this. He absolutely knows this. So, number one, what Scott Sobel should say right now is, I'm sorry, Your Honor, number one, yes, there is a declaration. This is a verified complaint signed under penalty of perjury by both of the parents, both of the plaintiffs. Okay, but number two, it doesn't even matter because, as Your Honor well knows, this case was dismissed on a motion to dismiss And because we're at that stage of the pleadings, you are legally required to assume all facts in our favor. So you must assume that that they were not served. You must assume that. Okay, you have to decide this as a matter of law. And so, of course, did the trial court judge, whose name is what, Fernando Anel Roca or something like that, the district court judge, okay, but that's not what Scott Sobel said. And I promise you that was in the notes, and that was and it was totally in the briefing. I argued the crap out of that, made a big head note out of it. Hey, they dismissed this on the wrong legal standard. It is not the time to weigh evidence. okay? And this is not angry Xander Baker talking. This is the law, okay? the law is, a motion to dismiss. Not the time to weigh evidence, and Scott Sobel should absolutely have said that. Hey, it's, this is a motion to dismiss. It's not the time to weigh evidence, right, Your Honor, right, Your Honor. And had he said that, this hearing should have stopped dead in its tracks. <clears throat> okay, that judge should have had a deer in the headlights look. Like, well, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and Your Honor. They dismissed this on the wrong legal standard, right? Okay. Can we go home now? Can you please remand this back to the trial court? Can we go home now? Okay. That is not what happened. Let's, oh, this pisses me off. Oh, he's saying, you know, we'll we'll get to that. No, Sobel. First of all, he never gets to it, even though it's in his notes that he's looking at right there on the, on the, on the lectern. Okay. But you don't get back to it. The judge is asking you a damn question, okay? And what, what, what about this evidence? You know, this, this Shanta Montgomery. She was she was there, and she says that she um, that you know that she served him. And oh, by the way, another point: Shanta Montgomery was not even under oath. She was not put under oath at that hearing. But n- none of that actually matters. But it's it's still interesting, okay? It's still interesting. Oh, for crying out loud. First of all, Shanta Montgomery was not testifying. She was arguing. She was representing herself and she was making an argument, but Again, he's saying you don't have any direct evidence. Yes, direct evidence means testimony. That's what it means. And the entire complaint is direct evidence. It's verified under penalty of perjury. That's direct evidence. It's like a big, long, sworn declaration. But it doesn't even matter. It's not the time to consider evidence. And I guarantee you that these Damn judges, and this damn lawyer know this. This is not a small point of law. I can't emphasize that enough. I cannot emphasize that enough.
1: There's
0: no direct evidence. Liar! There is so direct evidence, G. Scott Sobel. You're a liar. There is so. It's the complaint. You need to turn right back to that judge and say, A, there is direct evidence. It's the whole complaint, which was verified under penalty of perjury. And then you need to say, and it's irrelevant anyway. This was dismissed on a motion to dismiss. And you got to assume all the facts in our favor. Right, Your Honor? Which one? uh, This is Owens. This is Justice Owens, right? I, I think. I'm not sure which one's which or is that tall man. No, that's that's tall man. and then the one on the right is Owens, and the one in the middle is uh, is Akuta. Uh whatever. Okay, that's what you got to do. What a dishonest liar this G. Scott Sobel is. And by the way, I'm not going to get into it, but he tanked my case too. I, I could do two whole shows on that, and he helped tank. Ed Stolz's radio station case, which I also was involved in that case heavily, wrote a lot of stuff, and, and he and the crooked Don Schwartz both teamed up to tank Ed Stolz's case. Man, this pisses me off. They
1: did not receive notice, but there's no notice, proof of service of notice on file. But there is, so that is there a is lack of representation that is made on the record. yes, absolutely.
0: That's also not true. She wasn't under oath. Okay, so there was no representation, but it doesn't matter. Say that there was. Okay, this is a factual dispute. It's a factual dispute. Okay, and let's keep in mind what this is all about. This is about taking a child away from their parents, not from one parent and giving it to the other. No, taking a child away from both parents Legally married parents who love their that love their kid, taken away at a secret star chamber hearing, and these judges, tall man Ikuta Owens, and this lawyer G Scott Sobel, they know this. I'm telling you, Scott Sobel right here is appearing to be very stupid and weak, and I promise you, it's an act. I know Scott Sobel. He is a very smart, a very sharp lawyer, okay? And he, he looks very <laughs> very distinguished in his, uh, his yarmulke, which might be another thing to talk about. I don't know. But um, <laughs> well, let's just see what else he has to say. We
1: have, the record is full of deceit and lies. Judicial deception will be- I point is that it's not
0: believable because of all the other evidence exactly. no <laughs> that's not the point that is absolutely not the point the point is that it's not the time to weigh evidence okay they're weighing the credibility of the evidence it is absolutely illegal and wrong for them to have evidence Any consideration about the the credibility of the evidence or anything to do with the evidence whatsoever. This was a motion to dismiss. Okay. And these guys know it. This is crime. This is the cover up of state sponsored child trafficking. And you're witnessing it right here. And I'm explaining to you how these guys did it. Each one of these people that you see On the screen right there, which is Judge Tallman, Judge Ikuta, Judge Owens, and this attorney, G. Scott Sobel, they are all actively covering up an atrocious felony crime, which covering up a a felony crime is itself a felony crime, okay? They are actively violating, uh, what is it? 18 United States Code Section 242 acting under color of law to intentionally deprive somebody of their civil rights okay it at a minimum it's that which is a felony crime okay and it's other stuff too i mean it's child trafficking all right and if you ever had any doubt that what the federal government and it's it's through the social security act but there's plenty of federal funding that comes out from Washington DC to every single county in the United States of America and it's funding this operation okay and people like william spiller junior are getting rich they're getting rich in the business of child trafficking and these damn lawyers, okay, on all sides of this, I mean, I don't know if we're even going to have time to hear from some of these idiot lawyers for California and for the county and, and for these people. They're all in on it. They're in on it. See, he's looking at his notes. Okay, I know what's in those damn notes, all right? I mean, as a, a matter of fact... Um, I might even have them. Okay, there's my email, but here is. Uh, let's see. Do do I have those notes? Now, there's the complaint. I want to see actually if I can if I can find these notes. Here here they are. Um, this is one version of the oral argument notes that was written and passed around. Let me just see here. Um, Well, because this is the paper that Scott Sobel has in front of him, right? Oh, look here, right here. Look right here. Um, I apologize for my graphic. I'm going to try to stay down out of the way here. A motion to dismiss is not the time to weigh evidence. The key factor in a motion to dismiss is whether the allegations are plausible. It's certainly plausible to infer that county and its actors have a policy of judicial deception. Given the judicial deception that took place on December 11th in 2018, and that which took place in the district court in this case okay what that's referring to is so i've already explained at the actual hearing spiller was there and he said oh the augustuses they're on the lamb and yeah they were served but they're running away and they're on the lamb and they're avoiding these proceedings uh, and all of that and you know, we have we don't know anything about the DCFS report, which actually they did. The DCFS report was done. It exonerated Mark Augustus. They concealed that. This is all judicial deception. And, okay, when County of Los Angeles came into the federal case, they made a material false statement to the federal court. Okay? And what they said was in one of their papers that ultimately a permanent guardianship had been granted in favor of this Shanta Montgomery awarding permanent custody of Sasha to to the the aunt and, and permanently taking her away. That's completely false. There was never any permanent guardianship. Basically, that permanent guardianship trial went on for two and a half years, at which point Sasha turned 18, she aged out, and the the case was dismissed. It's absolutely false that County of Los Angeles came into that federal case and told a bald-faced lie. Bald-faced lie! Okay, to try to make their position seem more plausible. Well, you know, they eventually granted the 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 permanent guardianship. So, you know, the fact that they made this temporary order, you know, it doesn't really matter, it wouldn't have changed anything. It was just a lie. Just a bald-faced lie. Ugh. Okay, so but the point is legally, right, it's judicial deception. And the Ninth Circuit itself. Okay, says that judicial deception in a custody case is grounds for a civil rights case in federal court. That's exactly what the Ninth Circuit said in Benavides. Okay, so how are they getting around this? Well, they're lying to you and to everybody, they're lying to the world. This is, by the way, this, this video is on YouTube. There will be a link. Um, In the description to this this argument hearing, this uh, February 15 oral argument hearing, they're lying to the world, okay? They're not telling you that this was dismissed on a motion to dismiss. They're not telling you that. They're saying, well, the evidence, you know, you don't have any credible evidence, and they have the credible evidence, and you never even filed a declaration, Oh. It's just a pack of lies, and they're not just any lies, they are lies in service of child trafficking, okay? And, and people making a lot of money from this criminal operation of child trafficking. Okay, These people easily belong in prison for a very, very long time. I, Alexander Baker, or call me Angry Xander Baker today, hereby state my opinion as a legal expert that G. Scott Sobel and this Judge Tallman, I forget his first name, maybe I can find it right here, uh, and this Judge Akuta, was it Sandra Akuta, And what's Owens' first name? Wait, I, I think I have this here. Uh, yeah, it's... uh. Whatever. Sandra Akuta, Richard Tallman, and John B. Owens, and G. Scott Sobel, all four of you are guilty of felony crimes. And I will say, um, to, for me, to publicly make false accusations of crime against any of these people, that would constitute defamation. I could be sued for that. Theoretically, they could come after me. And sue me. There's a lot more. Um, I, maybe I'll do another show. I don't know. Let's see if, let's see if we can get into more of, of Scott Sobel's nonsense here. Is a fundamental
1: component of due process? I, I guess, let me just you for
0: a okay. I'm not sure why that's relevant to your claim. Oh, no, no. <laughs> We're claiming that it's a due process violation and it's judicial deception – Okay, oh, but the, the, the fact that, that that they weren't served, I'm not sure that's relevant to your claim. Wait, what else does she say? Um, even if we said that uh, Spiller Montgomery deceived
1: the court, uh, don't you have to show um, either a conspiracy with the county is one of your
0: claims? Uh, well, we do. Okay, so she's going to get to who's the state actor, right? So in any kind of civil rights case... Okay, in any kind of civil rights case, you have to allege that a government actor did this wrongdoing. Okay, a civil rights case doesn't lie against just a private citizen. However, so here we are absolutely suing County of Los Angeles, undisputedly a state actor. Okay, undisputedly. But there's also a thing called the joint action test, and under joint action. If you can show that private actors acted in concert with the state actors in joint action right, towards a common goal, then yeah, you can show joint action and you can hold private actors liable for civil rights. And we absolutely allege that um, in, in the complaint and we allege more than sufficient facts. Okay, it's arguable about whether a minor's counsel is a state actor. Now, I think they should be held as a state actor in this situation. Why? Because County of Los Angeles is paying him and paying him over and over and over and over and over again. Okay, I know about a number of different cases involving this miner's counsel, William Spiller, uh, and he's just doing the same stuff okay they just come to court they silence the actual child involved no matter how old they are okay they don't let them speak they speak on their behalf and they speak lies and william spiller we already know that he's a liar and a fraud even even calbar who is itself liar and a fraud <laughs> even they disciplined him for fraud Uh, For losing cases on purpose. And one of the things that I actually say in the complaint uh, is that um, uh, basically, you know, when County of Los Angeles learned that Spiller uh, had already been disciplined for perpetrating fraud upon the court, they basically, instead of saying... Um, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, you don't meet our standards. We'll have to move on. No. What they said was, Spiller, you're our guy, <laughs> right? You're our, absolutely our guy. Your fraud and deceit, your judicial deception that you've already been disciplined for, that's exactly what we need. That's, that's what we need, man. Come on. We're, we're going to make a lot of money, and they've been making a lot of money ever since, right? Spiller totally makes a million dollars a year, but he can only make that money if he handles lots and lots and lots of cases, right? He, he like needs to work full-time, okay, and and, and, and he does, okay? He's handling dozens of, of cases at a time, all the time, and he just keeps getting appointed and appointed. And and you have to believe that this judicial deception is part of his job description. Um, or that uh,
1: Spiller and Montgomery are state actors, so so the the question whether or not there was judicial deception doesn't seem to be that relevant.
0: Of course, it's relevant. The case is Benavides. And the Ninth Circuit itself said, if there's judicial deception in a case involving custody, and in, you know, and and that one in, involved uh, county. It was County of San Diego in that case, but this is County of Los Angeles in this case. And we completely allege that it's in the complaint, it's in all of the appeal court briefing, it's there. And Sobel knows this. Yeah, I wrote it. Uh, for him under his supervision. Okay. But he totally knows this. There's no question that Scott Sobel knows the answers to these questions. He's just lying. He's just lying. He's been completely paid off and he's in on the game. And believe me, there's a lot of money in this, in this, in this racket. Okay. And these, judges and the county of los angeles and the federal government and the whole government complex they got a lot more money than the augustuses do and they're paying scott sobel a lot of money to tank the case folks that's just how it works that's just how the game works well
1: i I, I intend to get to uh the conspiracy and
0: Yeah, I I intend to get to it. No, shut up. Get to it. (laughs) Don't intend to get to it. Get to it. It's in your damn notes, Sobel. I wrote them. Okay? You should never have even allowed these liars, these crooks, these three crooks sitting across the board there, calling themselves judges, sitting there in their pretentious black costumes, to even get this far. You should and could have just called them out from the get-go. What do you mean, evidence, tall man? What do you mean? Okay, this is not the time to weigh evidence, and you know it. This was a motion to dismiss. Okay, Sobel knows it, Tallman knows it, Aikuta knows it, and Owens knows it. And so did the original judge in the district court, Fernando Anel Roca, or Rocco Anel, or whatever the hell his name is. Crooks, one and all. They belong in prison for a long, long time, one and all. And we should at least think about what is the standard punishment for child abusers. Because that's what these people are. They're child abusers. They are operating a child trafficking racket for big money, and that's child abuse. Okay? That's child abuse. And I don't know that I need to say any more, but obviously they'll never be prosecuted by the government. Right? Why would the government prosecute itself? Right? Right? Why, you know, why, why, why would that happen? Well, obviously, it won't happen. It, it, it can't happen. That would spoil their party now, wouldn't it? Okay? But probably that's enough to say, other than, let's not forget, I mean, this can sound very just legal, and it's very, you know, but it's, it's child abuse, it's child trafficking, it's racketeering, and these are evil, despicable people who need to be brought to justice. They need to be brought to justice somehow. Somehow. And this isn't the only case, obviously. I mean, you just turn on the news or turn on your favorite, uh, your favorite website, wh- whatever. This corruption occurs every single day. This is just what governments do. This is just what communism looks like in the 21st century. Well, let's see if there's more. And, uh, and uh, side and, actors. And, well, even that the time is so limited, maybe you should um, cut to that. Yeah, maybe you should cut to that, since we already skipped over the part where you're illegally considering the evidence when it's not time to do that. But yeah, okay, let's fumble through your papers for a minute instead of... <sighs> Up, 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 up. So Certainly, of course. Let me waste a little more time here. I can't take this. This is just brutal.
1: In her desire to gain guardianship of the appellant's daughter, Ms. Montgomery revived a seven-year-old claim.
0: No, that's not it. No, no, it is. <laughs> there was judicial deception in the very case, below. Not, not only in the Superior Court case, but in the federal case. Okay, that's evidence of a policy and a custom for Los Angeles Superior or or for the County of Los Angeles to commit judicial deception. Okay, they have a policy of judicial deception. That's the case against County. It's something called a Monell claim. And under Monell, you have to allege that there is a policy or a custom that is unconstitutional, and this certainly is, and Sobel knows this. We've been through it and through it over and over again with him. Yeah, I wrote all this stuff, but believe me, Scott Sobel is a very experienced, very savvy civil litigator for well over 30 years. Okay, he totally knows what's going on. He's not wrong. He's not stupid. He's lying. Okay, this is not an accident on his part. It's on purpose. He's conspiring right now with these people, and they're putting on a show. They're just putting on a puppet show. They know that, oh, they know angry Xander Baker understands the law and that oh he's gonna make his little podcast with his 35 followers and good luck Baker good luck trying to get the damn word out about how corrupt and criminal we are we being a uh, tall man Ikuta Owens and Sobel here yeah good luck because most of the people can watch this on YouTube and they won't get what was really going on? Hopefully now you do. Hopefully now you do. My name is uh, Angry Xander Baker or Alexander Baker. Please reach out to me if you want to know more, you want to talk to me. You can always find me at my email, which is org. What's the bottom line? The bottom line is, this is just what governments do. and As long as you believe in authority, that these guys have authority, look around, well, this is what you're going to get. Fires are yeah, this is Yeah, the, the house is burning down. Everybody in a cage as the world keeps turning. Yeah, it, it keeps turning. Look around, lives are breaking. These guys, we, the understand that the man is jaded. What is for the jaded? Hang in there, people. We fell in love with the money, we fell in love with the storm. We fell asleep with the wheel, and we didn't wake up. You buying the story? I, I don't. Are you? We thought we were so righteous. Did you? We thought we were courageous. Are you really? We thought we were so tough, but push came to shove. Yeah, push is coming to shove. Do you love? love. Do you love? Freedom in love. Because that's what it's going to take. The words of Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Okay? Freedom, you can't just want freedom. You gotta love it enough, enough to do what it takes. And all you have to do to start with is stop believing that these guys, these guys here, have authority because they don't. Don't believe in rulers. That's where it all starts, folks. In your mind, stop believing in rifle authority, okay? You got to. If this case doesn't do it, what will?